All right. Eyes of March. We're going to look at a different song This was uh, a great song, but uh, the original studio version was not so great. I wasn't excited about it. And then uh, they did a live version that many years later that made it one of the one of the best songs uh, of of them that I ever found. So, and uh, now I just really enjoyed it. It's it's funny how sometimes you can really see things in a very different light. And actually, that brings us to, I was going to make a sudden change into our topic, but actually, I now realize it's a good segue, how people have changed. Um, and I have changed. I used to be what I thought was a liberal. I guess I was not. Uh, and you, uh, Ari, were saying that, that how, uh, you know, it really just depends a lot of times. But, but a lot of people who thought they were liberal were not really liberal. They were always conservative without realizing it. I guess they want to be or liberal. some hybrid of yeah. non-liberal, someone who believes in either in the individual liberty of the uh, libertarian ideal, all the way up to yeah. a, a more constrained version of how society should function in the social compact, which is the and conserving the great things about society. I don't know what you just said, but I've never been more attracted to you. Well, I'm an attractive man. <laughs> Strangers <laughs> in the night. There you go. Uh, listen, so yeah. I, 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 I just—it's really interesting. I, I, I'm trying to get into the mindset, not just necessarily of a liberal, because you know I'd like to think to myself, well, I was once a liberal, and I and I was, uh, but I don't think I was ever that liberal that uh, refused to listen to reason. And you know, when I have a conversation with somebody about a certain issue, and I want to understand why do they believe in a way that is completely different than mine, I'll sit and listen. You know, what is, I'm, I'm a lawyer after all, I, I have to listen to the other side and I, sometimes I, I, I understand that my side may have how do you define, missing some facts. How do you define listening? Is it just the physical act of hearing or is there more to it for you? There's yeah. more to it, of course. If you just, I mean, I can listen to, uh, I can listen to you and listen and, and be doing something else and uh, I'm literally hearing you, but of course not, I'm not absorbing you anything. in one ear out the other thing. Yeah, in sure. other words, the, the act of listening, really yeah. listening, right. involves another thing which is called learning. Yes. Because you're learning this new information that's reaching your ears, you're processing it, you're assimilating it, and then figuring out how that fits in your world, right? That, that's exactly right. Okay, well, the interesting thing is the, the conversation I was telling you about with this, this guy I was talking to this morning about the, the nature of liberalism was mm. he pointed out that in his experience, and when he said it, it reflected on mine, is that when you, have re when you encounter a real liberal in the conversation, yeah. the reason that you can just make the distinction between a, a conservative in the process of being a conservative is that they're actually listening and learning. A real liberal and why you have trouble relating to that former mindset and why you never really were a liberal right. is because they are unable to learn new information. It's that like that line from the Who's Tommy, my frag I think it's from Tommy, my fragile eggshell mind, you know, don't bombard me with the facts. Anything new will... It's not from Tommy, but I understand what you're saying. It's from, I mean, it's Quadrophenia. It's from some who... Yeah, probably, probably is. Uh, it's, I guess so. Um, I'm just fascinated by it because, well, look, for example, whether you're a liberal or conservative and you have some kids, right, and you want to explain to them the, the beauty of math, let's say, and uh, multiplication in particular, 
So let's say you wanted to teach the concept of two times three, right? I don't know about you, but I would take maybe, I don't know, I've got some almonds right here. So not I would, the almonds. Not, not those almonds. almonds. Yeah, you know okay. <laughs> but I would take, I'd take some almonds here, and I would group them into three groups of twos, and I would say, you see these are three groups of twos. Isn't that interesting? And, and, but all of them together are six. And uh, that way they would embrace the information, they would, could see it visually, and boom, now they understand three times two or two times three. Yeah, both abstract, abstractly and tangibly. That, that's you right. Know, here's, the, here's the number on paper. Here's the reality in the number of almonds on the... Right, right. But you wouldn't expect the child, I mean, unless you have a petulance and, and just spoiled brat child and plenty of those, to just cover his ears or his eyes and say, I don't want to learn this, I don't want to learn... I mean, it, it, it's just an, it's an odd dynamic for me to... I, I'm not familiar with it. I, I don't... It does not compute to me. Well, did you learn critical theory when you were in college? Of course, did they I did. Teach you Marcuse? Is I don't know about Marcuse. No, I, I, I because the idea being in Marcuse's ideas, yeah. I think it was Herman Marcuse, yeah. would be that you came to the conclusion that two times three equals six based on your sexual and social uh, bigotries. Yes, and it is a reflection oh, of I the see. sexual oppression of the society that's ingrained in you. This conclusion that you have to side with right. the dominant two times three equals six. Yeah, yeah versus five or seven. Right, exactly. Right. How do you Which, feel? If you were a feel about the thinker, you could. That's right. Well, it, clearly that's nonsense. But but I guess you know I'm really trying to understand the liberal mind in some sense because. You know, with, with understanding the liberal mind, I might actually be able to to bust through. Um, so I, you know, uh, I, I think that it would be a challenge, but I I, I could understand it. Look, well, here, here, wait, wait, hold on. Okay. Here's another thing I don't understand. For example, I can't. I don't understand alcoholics. I don't understand it, and the and the reason for that is purely biological, because I don't. I have alcohol. I have wine usually once a month, maybe, and even at that, I can I can barely take more than half a glass. So, I can't resonate with people that that want to drink a lot and they actually enjoy the idea of drinking a lot, and and they are um, uh, restricting themselves by not drinking three glasses of wine, by not drinking six uh, cans of beer. I don't understand that. It, it's it's to me, it's almost like saying. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, um, restrict my intake of, of hitting a hammer on my head. I mean, wh why would you do that, right? I just, I don't get it. Well, so, so right. that's that's where I'm at when it comes to the liberal mind. Also, I don't understand alcoholics, and I don't understand when they get drunk. I don't understand why they would drink to asset well, excess have, in the have, first place. Have you ever met a, someone who says they're liberal, like yeah. you used to profess to be? Right, but. It, after you've convinced them of your point, you realize they're not. Right. And you saw how easy it was. You, just a simple conversation. Easy to, to convince them. Right. Yeah. It's a simple conversation. You point out a couple facts, and they usually respond with these open-minded kind of people. Right. I never thought of it that way. And you can tell. They may not go and register Republican at right. the moment, but you know they've taken the first step on a path that yeah. at some point will lead them to. That's true. Right? Meanwhile, yeah. when you talk to a real liberal, yeah. Someone who's, you know, that you find at the Samak, a farmer's market with a T-shirt that says, a woman wearing the T-shirt, we are all Palestinians now. And right. I have a picture of one of those on my phone. Once Great. I, Brilliant. Okay. Someone like that. You have a conversation where you point out a couple simple facts and the immediate accusation is, you're a racist. 
Right. Sexist, homophobic, bigot, uh, what, all those things. Islamophobic, racist. Right. Because they can't deal with you. The facts don't compute. It's the same thing as the alcoholic perception in this way. We're looking at alcoholics as non-alcoholics of saying, how could these people not be satisfied with half a glass of wine like me and need seven? Right. right? Exactly right. But we're looking at it in an inverted way mm-hmm. from them. They're looking at it this way. If I don't get enough to drink, I'm not going to be sober. Understand, once you've had a, a, um, a, a substance abuse problem to the point of addiction, yeah. it's not that taking the substance gets you high anymore. It gets you uh, out of what they call jonesing or craving it. And the craving for the alcoholic, the severe alcoholic, is this case of the DTs, those shakes and... and um, no, I, I, get, I get that. I, I see that, and I'm, I'm blessed to not to have that impulse toward alcohol right, in the first place. My point is they're, they're drinking to get normal. So the way to look at it for those of us who don't understand it is think about the things we do in the morning to make us have a good day. Yeah. Wake up, take a nice shower have a healthy breakfast, get a good night of sleep. That, that's their norm. Right, that's their normal. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I understand that. Um, yeah. I, I, just, I just don't speak that language. Yeah. Just like I don't speak Albanian. I, I, I don't get it. And, I, and it's not a knock on those people that, that do crave alcohol. I'm not looking down upon those people. I simply don't speak that language. Right. I, I have been at most tipsy in my entire life. I've never been drunk yeah. And I don't. I have no desire to be drunk. Frankly, I think I would fall asleep before I could even get right. drunk. But not to get down to the weeds of that issue. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make a, a bigger point, which yeah, is this: yeah, yeah. it shows you that our challenge yeah. is not one of reason or communication. It's our challenge is that there's a possibility that reason and communication with this type of person perhaps is impossible, which is a far more disturbing realization then why aren't my words getting through maybe i need to repackage my message and talk emotionally rather than logically or something else it could be that there are literally people on this world who philosophically and politically think in a way that is impossible to reach well that's what it is it, it I, I think that's exactly what it is they have a bigotry they, they have yeah they have a preconceived notion to put it very politely a bigotry to put it more accurately that's right uh regarding certain topics and those topics are traditionally the same such as capitalism such as americanism well i'd say capitalism versus collectivism patriotism versus worldism uh sure radical environmentalism versus um uh what i'd call um pragmatic understanding of the realities of trade-offs right you know understanding that there's gonna be a certain amount of pollution for a certain amount of uh, yeah, but these these are certain things that they just they they, they cannot let go of, and I'm I'm really trying to get into the mind because they, they are impossible. They, they are able to be persuaded in other areas, presumably less emotional, less hot button issues. Like you could probably tell that person, the Michael Moores of the world, for example, you could probably convince Michael Moore, uh, you know, to try a different food, a, a different food, and and he may not be used to it, but he might actually say, oh, you know, this is not half bad. Right, and then you could tell them, you know what? It's actually better for you. You'll feel better for as a result of eating this food as opposed to the potato chips that he's no doubt yeah, eating. Yeah, the green eggs and ham. Exactly right. Theory. So yeah, green eggs and hams, and and he will try. Then you know he can embrace that. But when it comes to something that he's got an emotional connection to, such as anti-capitalism and all the other things that we just talked about, uh, that he will not budge from. Well, let me ask you a question really yeah. fast. 
Um, very quickly, name five of the worst racists in history that you can name offhand. They can be like Hitler, sure, uh, sure. Martin Bormann, uh, George Wallace, that, those type. Name five. Just uh, off the top of and your head. Nietzsche? Nietzsche. Uh, Voltaire, he was. People don't realize it, but he was. And, and very quickly, name the group they hated. It, it could be like Wagner, oh. the Jews, or yeah, something. Yeah, well, like Voltaire, the Jews. Voltaire, the Jews. Um, Nietzsche, uh, anybody but the Germans. Um, that's where Hitler got his ideas. And um, uh, okay, Wallace. George Wallace. Yeah, George Wallace okay, said let's that. just name those three. Yeah, just, yeah. Let's okay. keep this simple. Right. So these are three of the most prominent bigots in history against certain groups of people. Sure. Hitler if, also. Or obviously. Hitler or, uh, in my mind, uh, Haj Amin al-Hassini, the former uh, Grand Mufti of Jerusalem. The oh, yes, yes, yes. No, yeah, I okay. forgot about that. So yeah. let's just take one of them. Let's take Voltaire. Right. Would there be any way, or Hitler, is there any way you could sit down with Hitler and ever get him to accept that Jews are anything more than a cockroach? Is it possible? No, you can, certainly not. You cannot put him on yeah. on equal footing with other human and, beings. And this guy is so far out there. Uh, uh, my wife and I see a therapist every week, a couples therapy, you know, sure, to help us not? communicate with the kids, all that stuff. Very mm -hmm. helpful guy. But he once explained, just in, in understanding human communications as we're in the getting to know us process, uh, something I thought was pretty interesting. He said, the way uh, bigotries are usually handled in, to resolve them when someone has a, an irrational hatred of someone else, for no other reason than the the group that that person comes from, without bearing on who the individual is, the normal way to get around it is to expose that person to an individual of the group, and once they ha it's sort of the the process of going well, I, he he's pretty good. I don't know about all the rest of them, but he's okay. Right. And then the person realizes there's another one and another one and another one. Before long, he realizes you know what, they're people too. Right. Uh, I, I, guess, great, I guess I got turned around on that subject. Right. Yeah. A great example is uh, Southern bigots being fans of, say, Alabama football. It's only there's a black player on the team who's the star running back. Oh, Bo Jackson, He, I guess he's okay. Right, right. And uh, Oh, oh, uh, you know. No, I get football. it. I get, I get it. the point is, it. could someone like Hitler be gotten through by using that technique? I would say no. No, no. Because they're that far gone. So the same is true, I think, of, of this kind of liberal where they are so far gone, they are so bigoted, they are essentially it's a, it's a racist for a subject matter, not a person, right. that you cannot expose them to this right. group of ideas. Well, what you're talking about is a mental illness. Yes, yes. Okay, because that is a mental illness. Yes. Uh, I, I, I mean, like anybody liberal hearing this says, what this, you know, is just stopping. It's, us, it's but very it, harsh to come It's to harsh, but, but in, in a sense, it's reality. And, and the reason why, it's not necessarily what they believe, it's their inability to move from what they believe. Right. And uh, whatever that might be, if, if they, they believe that the sun uh, revolves around the earth and they can't move from that, there's something wrong with that. If you present them with facts that suggest otherwise and they refuse to move it and move from that position, there's something wrong with their, their brain, yeah. the function of their brain. And it, it's very widespread, like my own father. Guns. Yeah. He has that kind of disorder when yeah. it comes to guns. I don't like guns, but Dad, do you know how many times guns save people? Yeah. I don't know and I don't care. We talked about that in another yes, episode. Yeah, that's right. The I don't know and I don't care attitude is a mm -hmm. mental disorder, and it's part and parcel of what we're talking about is right. the mentality of those how, kind of people. How much do you think, uh, and, and that's okay, this relates to what you just said and also kind of we, we've been talking about it, but it also takes us to another area. How much do you think a person's 
position on subject to X, such as Michael Moore's anti-capitalism stance. I keep on using him because I want to bring up a topic with him. How much do you think that has to do with association? I mean, for example, we just played a little bit of welcome music, right? And I, and I love it. But maybe I, li- I love it because it's got a good combination of folk and rock and, and good pacing and, and melody, which I associate with my childhood, having listened to Neil Young and Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and things Communist. like that. Communist. <laughs> just hey, you, you get the idea. I mean, how much of, I, I associate with that. I, I, music is, what we like in music is partly based upon association. It's kind of like smells. An evocative yes, smell that's right. takes you back to something in your youth. Like, did you ever see the movie Ratatouille? Yes, And course. at the end, that food critic is reminded of the, the Ratatouille when he was a little boy in yeah. the farmhouse, and that's all his mother had to feed him. Right. And that was the most satisfying food when he was really it hungry. It brings you back, yeah. And suddenly he gives the restaurant five stars right. for serving vegetable casserole. That's right. You know? Well, that's that's the way it is, and I, yeah. I, I think association is a very powerful thing. But and what I, would more but, be associated but, with? Well, let me let me take the example, and maybe you can talk about your father. I can certainly talk about my my brother and my my sisters. <laughs> you know, and I love them all dearly. They're they're wonderful people, uh, but they will not budge from being liberal. I, I budged. Well, let's change our but, wording. They will not budge from their mental disorder. Just kidding. I know they're not. A, they're not. A, they, they won't budge, and. You know, I think part of it, maybe half of it, is association. I, I think that they feel that, uh, for whatever reason, they've come to believe, like one of my sisters went to Williams College, which is you know, very liberal, of course, but they have an association that all those very smart professors, well, they're liberal, and therefore, it must be smart to be liberal. They've made that syllogism. Be, you know, between the two things. And the, the, in the inverse, the same way they made the syllogism between NASCAR fan and moron. Exactly and right. Conservative. So the associations are very powerful for them. And then, of course, there are other things. There are family dynamics involved. Like, you know, maybe my sister and I had, you know, tensions uh, between us as we were growing up. And therefore, she'll be damned if she agrees, agrees with me with on, on a, a hot-button issue like abortion or affirmative action or capitalism. Uh, you know, th- there's association going on there as well. There's many different things that play into that, into why a person is who he is. Some of it is rebellion uh, from a father to a son, for example, or a son to a, to a father. Uh, I'm not saying that that's what happened with you. I, th- I think you're a very logical person. Uh, I- I'd be very surprised if that were the case with you. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think some people just wed themselves to a certain position because that's the way they want to think of themselves at the same time. What yeah. do you think? Well, Evan Sayets, in the, the book I gave you, yeah, The Kindergarten book. of Eden, he differentiates and makes distinctions between types of liberals. He calls okay. them, these groups, the mindless foot soldier, the true b- believer, <clears throat> and uh, there was one more group. But the idea was that of people who considered themselves people of the left, yeah. only one of those groups was truly what we would consider the mentally disordered bigot type, who's unmovable, yeah. unconvincible. And uh, you know those would be the true believers. Right. There are too many people we've seen in life where true believers, I know I have, and you probably too, where they don't fit into these categories. I- example, um, you brought up the idea of rebellion, right? Well, that would come into uh, an incompatibility when you see kids 
in, in the Middle East raised by Hamas or Hezbollah leaders who are taught to be Shahids at age five and will be forever Jewish sure, sure. their whole life. Exactly right. Uh, well, when they hit puberty and they're supposed to rebel against their parents, why aren't they rebelling against that as well as all That's the other That's a really stuff? good point. That's a really good point. Same with the, um, yeah. the, the, the racist segregationists of the Old South. Yeah. Why, when those guys turned into teenagers in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, didn't they rebel against their parents' ingrained uh, KKK activity? Well, partially with what – I'm agreeing partially with what you say, but not fully, because I think that that is there, – there are many people that, that break away from their families from, from one political group to the other. I find and I believe very sincerely that those who were raised in conservative families and became liberal – are doing it for rebellion reasons. Those families, by contrast, who were in liberal families and became conservative, are uh, not rebelling. They are, in fact, um, finding truth as they see it. Maybe they're wrong. I don't think they are. But they, they, they come to conservatism for a very different reason altogether. Not to rebel. No, because they were. These are people who were actually interested in whether or not three groups of two almonds on a plate equaled six, five, or eight. That's right. And, they're, they're oh, oh, oh my God, it equaled six. I guess it's six. That's right. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So they're six. Yeah. Okay. And, and we use yeah. that example because, uh, as we talked about, well, you need a two plus two equals four example you because it, you need a point of absolute certainty right. in order to reference uncertainty. Right. Well, for, for me, absolute certainty exists when you're talking about raising taxes. And we talked about this before our, our show. Uh, if you were to reduce the uh, uh, tax rate from what it is here, let's say in California, 55% total to 35% total, what would most entrepreneurs do? The statistics bear it out routinely that almost all of them would plow almost all of it back into the business. And you could show them those figures till the cows come home and say how good that is for everyone and how that helps more people and they can hire more people and they can hire more marketers and everything else and how good that is for the economy and they will not listen. And that's the two times three situation that we're talking about. Right. And it's, and it's very frustrating. And the point was, before we started recording today, yeah. was, was that you observed that even with that empirical fact, yeah. most liberals, it wouldn't matter to them. Yeah, they think that you got. Yeah, I, they think that you have something up your sleeve. Oh, and, and the, to, or, to, or that you're that yeah. you're 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 setting up a yeah. trap for them. And to complete the point, which I think yeah. is important in this, is it, to complete the point is when once more is invested into the business and more people are either employed or hired by the business to perform ancillary outside functions. That's more people with income prospering because of that business owner. Right, being freed from uh, us, uh, some of the shackle of government. Well, that's right. Which, it's, which it's, liberals claim they want. They want to help the poor, the unemployed. They want government to have more revenue for more people paying taxes, blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, here's the information that proves that that's the case. I don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear You're it. You're just greedy. They don't want to hear a lot of things. They don't want to – I mean we'll go maybe two examples. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. I'll give you two, two examples and you give me two examples of things that they just don't want to hear. Uh, example, um, uh, what happens if the government is not uh, – doesn't take care of the poor? Well, like that – Assumes incorrectly that uh, only the poor are being taken care of now. Well, well but no, 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 no. I'm not going to. I'm saying it, it assumes incorrectly that if, but for the government, uh, people would be in the street. That's just not true. Uh, charities abound that would take care of people who are homeless and otherwise, and they're actually more efficient at it because they're usually more local. Uh, 
right. and they can know who's who and who's who's uh, cheating them and everything else and who's who's really in need and who's not as opposed to you know pushing uh, yeah. bureaucratic red tape right meanwhile if the opposite occurred if all businesses disappeared imagine how many millions would be on the street right exactly right millions yeah. the second thing is uh, of course the most obvious one for me is is uh, taxes and how you you, you simply Tell people that look, t- taxes is the price of doing business, and the higher the tax, the the fewer people engage in business, and the more expensive hiring that business is for anything. That's exactly right. It's yeah. very frustrating, uh, and and you can show that to them until the cows come home, and they don't they don't buy that either. They they, they think that you are snookering them. Right. Anyway, give me two. Examples. And the two I'll give is uh, yeah. healthcare and food and education are rights. Right. And I've already pointed out before that uh, anything that's a right must not involve someone spending their their labor or or uh, efforts to provide that for you because right. that's then slavery. If right. if the farmer and the truck driver and the supermarket are going to provide me food for free because it's my right, then they are now my slaves. If the doctor is going to give me medicine yeah. for free, that means he and the drug company and the people who built that hospital are all my slaves. Yeah. Well, and and then the other example I will give is uh, the idea that um, the more efficient cars are, the more people die because of them. And the lighter and more efficient a car is as far as fuel consumption does not save gas because now a person can burn more gas for less money. Right. In their mind's eye, they, they, they right. follow it. Those, so these four points we just outlined are, are what I call brick wall points. Yeah. Where if you bring them up to a liberal, you hit a brick wall and then you're called a racist for even saying it. Right. And, and jumping on your education point, um, uh, the education system, at least in California, is so bad and, and certainly LAUSD. Um, there's no incentive for an, a, a teacher to do well. In fact, there's incentive for, for her or him to not even show up at school. And, right. Uh, if you don't do your job, you can't do it badly. You can't do it. <laughs> right? Exactly right. <laughs> you know? so, and, and, so, and then they wonder why the, the kids are, are, are such so, so screwed up in school. Yeah. They, why, why would a teacher have any incentive to excel and to do well? They, you want a teacher and everyone else to be a little bit worried about their job. You want everyone, you want, I want the president to be worried about his job. Everyone should be worried. (laughs) Everyone. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that puts a fire under your tushy. Yeah. I was Uh, running late today. I'm worried about my job. I called your office to say, sir, I am running late. I'm (laughs) worried about that. That says I am worried about my job. Right. Exactly right. (laughs) And and it's also because you're very courteous, but, but you're right. There is a sense of like, but but worrying about your job is what creates, uh, courteousness. Right. Courtesy. Yeah. For for the non courteous laden. (laughs) Right. Anyway, going back to incentives, it's, it's all about incentives and, like you can tell, you can tell a, a, a liberal, generally speaking, I mean, not generally speaking, right flat out and say, look, let's say I tell you that you must be a doctor now and you must, you know, you've just spent all this time spending, uh, what, eight years learning to be yeah, a doctor. Yeah, having a quarter million dollars in loans. That's right. And now I insist that you only charge what it actually costs you to perform that surgery. Okay, Go. And, and, and so you're basically going to make about 80000 a year. All right? How's that? How does that sound to you? What are you going to do in that response? Well, I should do because I love the medicine. No, no. Tell me what a normal person would do in that situation. And the, the right answer to that is I wouldn't do it. The, 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 the right-thinking person, the person who maybe think they're liberal or maybe is conservative is, I don't know. I'm up Poop Creek without a paddle. 
obviously. Yes. But the people we're talking about trying to get through to, their response is, you're a racist for bringing it up. <laughs> I see. How yeah. dare you impose your, your societal bigotries upon my perception of reality. Because it disproportionately affects blacks? Is that the reason well, why? I don't know. Or, or minorities? See, our mistake is applying logic to it. There, there is no logic. Once we analyze it, we've lost. We just have to understand that this is what happens, and it's, it's like... Trying to explain to someone who's just lynched Medgar Evers no, I understand. in the Deep South why they shouldn't be racist. Well, I not shouldn't be racist. He's black. But I don't, even, I don't even think that's a, a good comparison I, because, you know, frankly, I, I, don't even, I don't even equate myself into that, into that area at all. It, it, it's that the liberal mindset and the thing that, that gets to me the most, and I used to believe in global warming. I used to believe in the following, global warming. And I, I read about it. I wanted to know why it was wrong, but I wanted to hear what the critics had to say, and I hated reading that book. And at the end of the end of reading the book, I said, "God damn it, they're right. It is a farce. It's total garbage." And I felt embarrassed that I once believed in it. But again, so it's now because you're I, a racist because you want the poor people in the Seychelles <laughs> to have to learn to swim. Apparently, yeah, because this is a uh, <laughs> right? problem of riches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Look, it's just, it's so bizarre, That's the whole way of thinking. I know now, when I see somebody who believes in global warming, I know that they have shut down their brain. Well, I met a guy yesterday who did not shut down his brain. I started getting through to him. I made the point, he was um, a, a liberal guy who I was told to get into a conversation with yeah. for a show we were doing. And, uh, but he amazed me, because at the very first instant where I threw up my first conservative point to him, he did not do use the ad hominem attack. Right. He instead assimilated the data. I immediately labeled him as thus. I said, sir, you are conservative. You just don't know it yet. Right. And That's... he says, but I'm not conservative. I just think people should work hard and earn what... That means you're a conservative. Yeah. I'm uh, not conservative. I just wouldn't allow uh, myself to get an abortion because I respect the sanctity of life in my family. But I wouldn't impose yeah, abortion like... restrictions on others. Well, that means you understand there's... I a got... diff... I right? Got... I got it's like it's like a Jew for Jesus. You know what? You're Christian. Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? They'll figure out they're Christian soon enough. I don't have to get him to register sign the registration right. form in the office. I just know he will in ten years. All right. Which so, is cool. so two other things I also want to talk about in, in terms of the global warming thing, uh, I, I know right away that uh, that they have shut down their brain. Another area where there's so many areas. Oh, there's so one. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Minimum wage. I I, I that, that that's it's a subset. I'm talking about three major issues. Okay. One is global warming. I know that they shut down their brain. If they are, it, it, not only if they believe in it, but if they're passionate about it, then they truly have shut down their brain. Yeah. I don't blame someone who just said, well, there's global warming, isn't it? You know, MSNBC said so. And then you can talk to them and say, well, not quite. Here's the other way of looking at it. And then they actually listen. Okay, you get the idea. The other area that I know that they're shutting down their brain is, is uh, Israel. How anybody who has any decent amount of information, not even that much, can possibly come to the conclusion that Israel, this tiny country, is the bad guy and the vicious Arab neighbors and terrorists that surround it are the good guys is beyond me. It just totally floors me. And it, it clearly means that they've shut down their brain and they are not thinking and they are suffering truly, in that case, from a mental illness. Now here's what I'm going and to take. And many do from pure Jewish. Oh, of course, of like, course. It's, it's, it's pure crazy. We're talking about the people but who don't, don't participate in those rallies. No, I understand. I, I, we are talking about those people who are not participating in those rallies. Right. And, and I want my fellow liberal friends to know 
that much of what they think when it comes to anti-capitalism and um, uh, anti, you know, the, the pro-taxes, enviro-statism, all those things, statism, all those things is very similar to the craziness that we see in the pro-Palestinian uh, mantra. Okay, I, I think they, they need to understand that there's an equivalence in terms of the craziness. My brother and my sister, God bless them, they do see the craziness when it comes to the Israel-Palestinian uh, issue. They do see that. And they do understand Israel's the good guys there. They, they are informed in that decision. Well, they had your dad drawing that absolutely hideous caricature of Yasser Arafat all know, their lives. Yeah. They, so they had a little bit no, of a clutch in that. But, but, they're well, but they're well informed. Yeah. And, and they really sit well with that issue. And at least I have that as a comparison. Well, that, to talk to. That, wait, wait, yeah. wait, hold on. Okay. The third thing I want to talk about, and this will floor you, is I've come to the, you know, who said it? Uh, Maimonides said it. Uh, if you are 30 years old, you should believe in God by that time. If you are 60 years old, you should know that there's a God. Okay? I'm now almost 50 years old, and I know that there's That's a God. That's 35 in Hollywood years. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and don't give me the cat years now. Okay. <laughs> 472. I, I preempted you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you brought up fear. I know, I know. Uh, I, win. I, I win. I wanted to control the time. Free last. Free last. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, the allurophobe exposed. <laughs> there you go. I don't know why I brought it up now. I should have brought it up in a more tame part. We're talking about God now. And I bring up fear. Okay. So, listen. Uh, I, I think that one should know that there's a God. Um, whether it's a 60 or earlier, it's, it's ultimately you're going to know that there's a God. Or you should know by the end of your life that there is a God. And, and you should look back and say, gosh, why didn't I see that? Why, why, why wasn't it so clear to me? Because the numbers are so powerful. Just from a scientific point of view, yes, that's right, scientific. Not from a faith point of view, from a scientific point of view. It's so transparent, so obvious that there is a God. And whether that God is the God of Moses and such, we can argue about that one day later. But in terms of a, a, a superior being that actually is a control, there, there is such a thing. And I call it God, and I, I choose to believe that that's the God of Moses and such, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the point is that to not believe, to, to close your brain on that issue, when, when people are willing to talk to you. And I talked to my, many of my atheist friends, and I said, have you thought about that? They said, you know what? It's all a bunch of garbage. Well, have you thought about that? It's garbage. I don't want to talk about it. I, they just, you can hear them just slamming the door shut. And it's uh, in my most atheistic days myself, and here again, I can't understand it. In my most atheistic days, I would listen. I would think that they're crazy, but I would literally, I would truly want to understand why these crazy Christians, mostly Christians, why, why would, can they possibly believe that there's this thing called God out there? Well, let me ask you a quick question. And, but, but, but I listened to them, yeah. and I got to tell you, there were little tidbits that they said that stuck with me. And, and, and one, one woman once said to me, and this was at Stanford, she said, uh, I found myself doing very good things when I started believing in God. And I don't think that there's any reason to do good other than if there's a God. And why would I do good things? Why, why, why do I need to do good things? Can I interject? She, she Duh. Said, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right? Well, of course. And uh, but that was just one thing. It was just little little tidbits that kind of planted in my brain, and yeah. and slowly but surely, I, I I embraced God myself, for other reasons altogether, 
but and, and when finally somebody said to me and convinced me in a psychology class, no, sorry, philosophy class, and and we all agreed, we all sat down, nodding our heads, atheists and believers alike, but mostly atheists, that there can be no free will without God, and. If you don't believe in God, then you cannot believe in free will. We, that is one thing that well, any, uh, philosophical well, course, wait, 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 any philosophical course will teach you that one yeah. basic truism, and that is true. Well, but I just want to point out, believe because I think, this is the, I think we've just nailed it. Yeah. What is the bigot showing they don't have when they are a slave to that's their bigotry? True. That's true. Not like free, free will. Yeah, yeah. That's true. The anti-Israel bigot, yeah. the global warming virus status bigot, yeah. the anti-capitalist bigot, yeah. the anti-lower taxes pro-government bigot. Right. They are showing they have no free will. They are like philosophical, political animals. Yes. Yeah, you're right. right? I, Who are operating I, 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 by instinct, not by thought, not by rationality, yeah. not by choice. Yep. Yeah, they don't realize what robots they become. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They, they because have, a bigot and a ro an animal is a bigot, right? right? An animal understands a mouse is a mouse, and I'm going to eat it. Uh, there is no way you can say to a cat, and look, I'm going to criticize cats finally. Right. Good. There's no way I can criticize. I can negotiate with my cat and say, Fluffy, do you see that pigeon over there? That's a nice pigeon. That's not like all those other pigeons. Have a conversation. Why do you have to eat that pigeon? Just talk to him. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Poor pigeon, dead. It's not going to change. Bigotry is within the. It's part of instinct. Yeah. You know, in dealing with the other, the non-member of the tribe, the non-member of the species. You know, a zebra and a lion will never have a kumbaya at the General Assembly of the UN to right. work out the land grants at the waterhole. Well, that's how I'm going to end this session today because uh, what you said, uh, you know, lays up very nicely for what I'm about, about to con uh, conclude with. And that is this. I talked to a very good atheist friend of mine who, and he's a nice guy, and I, not only atheist, but very liberal. And I said to him, you will one day be a conservative. Did you put holy water in his pee? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> one, no, okay, let's, let's not tell. Let's 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 like that. That's a practical joke on atheists. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I asked a, a very liberal friend of mine. I said, what, uh, and I, I left a little bit of my train of thought, but I, I okay. I said to him, you don't realize it, but you will be a conservative one day, and you will embrace conservatism. Not right now, maybe not in five years, but in <laughs> 10 years, whatever it is, you'll embrace it. And he said very angrily, very angrily, note this and note this well, Barack. And he wanted me to like, you know, quote it in my mind. Yeah. This, this, these things will never happen. It'll, I will always be a liberal. I always see conservatism for the evil that it is, and he, you, you can almost you could now tell that he's going to now quote it to somebody else and how he rallied against. He stood up to evil, to, to Barack Lurie. Yeah. Okay, so so that was one thing, and I and I thought to myself, boy, you're you know you're you're really proud of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good I luck mean, with if, that. If, if someone told me, for example, hey, one day you're going to be, I, I see you as a Christian, because I, I can see the way you think, Barack. And I, I see that you will be you will embrace Jesus one day in your life. Okay, I don't see that ever, but because I'm, I'm Jewish and I'm yeah. But you also can't see the future. And if Jesus comes down from the resurrection yes. and, and announces, all my Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, you should well, yeah. worship me now. It certainly it certainly, shows you proof. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's certainly it's possible. Yeah. 
And so I, I certainly not I certainly not insulted by the the comment. This guy was very insulted by the very comment because I'm I'm robbing away him away from who he is. Uh, it, it they are so wrapped up in their identity associated with it that they can't see reason at some point. Or maybe you're just bigoted because you can't see his clairvoyance. That, that's exactly you know, right. His yeah. ability to see the future with 2020 vision. Right. Right. Well, that, that, yeah, he can't see. Yeah, that's exactly right. I embrace the possibilities. Who knows? I mean, and maybe he sees something about me in Christianity that I don't see myself. Okay. Now, there's another person that says something similar, uh, and it was a woman. She said, I told her a long time ago when she was in college and I was just out of college, I said, you know, I think that people tend to be more conservative over time, and I think you might be more conservative over time also. That's the way it is. It's, it's very common that they see the reality of the world and they tend to be more conservative. Okay, so I bump into this woman again at a party 20 years later. And she reminded me of that conversation. And she said very proudly, almost pointing a finger, not quite angrily, but almost pointing a finger saying, you know, Barack, you once said that I would be more, uh, more conservative. And that was simply uh, a false thing, Barack. Totally false. You were wrong. I have, in fact, I've never changed. And she looked very passionately up to the sky, like almost like one of the old Russian Soviets, you know, uh, looking at the statues that were, had nothing to do with reality, um, and, and felt very strongly that this was a great thing, that she had not changed at all. She was actually proud of this. And I, I told her, and, and that, that's a good thing, that you didn't change at all? Are, are, are you, you're proud of that? Yeah. And she said, yes. And I said, okay. Yeah. One of the most incredible sayings I've ever heard in that vein is, I don't know who said this, but it's a great quote. It says, if your opinions don't change every 10 years, check your pulse because you might be dead. Exactly right. Right? And, yeah. and that really defines it. They're, because in a way, they're dead inside. You know, they're, they're animalistic because they're wedded instinctually to these bigoted points of view that they can't shake no matter how much intellectual information comes in. Let me ask you a quick question on the religious front or mm -hmm. the, on the theistic front, right. more accurately. Do you separate, do you understand the, the distinction between, I know this is sort of a dumb question because obviously you do, the distinction between religion and God? Of course. Right. And you understand that, and I think a lot of the failings of liberals in, in assimilating the information about God is they have difficulty separating the two. And they understand religions are just methods of discovering God and they're by and large, created by human beings, for all we know. Oh, right. And well, thus, they're flawed, because humans are fallible. But right. God, it doesn't mean God isn't perfect and saintly and godlike. Well, exactly right. Well, it's say, saying that uh, religion is, I mean, I, I'm writing a book about this, saying that religion is somehow uh, faulty, and therefore we should not use it, because it has uh, has had some bad effects. Is That's like saying uh, we should never use fire, because, it, you know, fire has uh, been used for arson. Yeah, it burned, uh, it burned like, like the gun statistics. Yeah. Fire burned 10 people today. Exactly yeah, right. But how many people did it cook meals for? Exactly right. <laughs> you know? Or water, for that matter. Water yeah. creates weeds and poison ivy. And drownings. And drownings. drownings. Right, but we, we all need water. I mean, it, right. it's, it's, so, it's so inherently stupid. The, the, the logic behind it is so flawed from the get-go. You mean to be the logic against it. Against God yeah. on the grounds that, uh, against religion, right. on the grounds that some bad things happen. It, it's, it's so childish. It's the same as I told you about my dad with guns. I don't know and I don't care. They're That's just right. bad. That's but right. what about all the guns? I don't care. <laughs> I don't yeah. care, you know. Yeah, people, yeah. You know, and I'm not even asking people to, to, uh, to dig deep and, and study this deeply. They just need to scratch a little bit below the surface. And they'll see, they'll, they'll, a whole world will open up to them.
Yeah. Now, going back to what you said, and that this is where we should wrap it up, I think, um, you know, if you're not, if you don't change your opinion every 10 years about something, then perhaps you're dead. I think that's a very wise approach. I look at, you know, I actually talked to my wife about how differently I see myself 10 years ago, 10 years before that. These are literally decades uh, of, of, and I saw myself in a different way, and I can actually define myself in a certain way. During my 20s, I was focused on this. During my 30s, I, I was discovering that. And my 40s were a different animal also. And that's great. And you should always, even if you don't change your opinions, you should at least test your opinions from time to time. And I, I think we do that well. Listen, this has uh, been a great podcast, uh, and it has been the Baruch Lurie podcast, and uh, with my great friend and producer, Ari David. Uh, we'll Ari, go. Thanks, Take us out. All right. Big staff in the studio today. <laughs>